Thank you for joining IEB There. And now your host, David Cohen. Over to you, David. All right. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to IAB There. Today is Wednesday, May 27th. I'm uh, David Cohen, the president of the IAB. Uh, and you're at the uh, place where we're looking to connect all parts of the uh, digital ecosystem, which is our, our, our daily live show. Uh, today, I am super excited to welcome a longtime friend uh, to uh, IAB There. We're talking about streaming, OTT, and the advertising opportunities uh, during the pandemic with our guest, Allison Levin, who is the Vice President of Ad Sales and Strategy for Roku. And without any further ado, could we have Allison join us uh, in the stream? Allison, it is great to see you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, David. Uh, my pleasure. Let's, uh, let's get into it. I think we're going to have a really interesting and fun conversation. We go back a uh, little ways. We've seen this business kind of evolve over the past couple of years. Let's start with just overall 30,000 feet. How is, how are you? How's your team at Roku? How are things in this kind of very, very unusual time? Yeah, I mean, overall, you know, we're doing great. I could not be prouder of the team. Obviously, I'm a little biased in thinking that we have one of the best teams, if not the best team in, in the industry working on this you know, massive challenge of, of helping marketers move budgets out of linear and, and into OTT. So the team has always been um, incredibly hardworking and incredibly focused, but that's just amplified in this time. And it's, it's so exciting to see everyone just completely focused on two separate sides of the business. One of which we have this incredible opportunity as Roku, as a consumer product, to really make sure that we're connecting with consumers and giving them content and giving them services that they need now more than ever in this time. And then also on the ad side of the business, really helping our marketers through this transition, this time where sports is not live, programming is up in the air, and what's the right budget that they should be spending in each one of these platforms, linear OTT. Um, so it's been an incredible past few months, a learning opportunity for all of us, but the team has been, you know, heads down, focused and helping our partners as much as we possibly can with data and insights. But yeah, I also miss, the, I miss them a lot. I will say that too. I miss yeah, being I, around everyone. I can understand that. Uh, there's, there's something very different about a Zoom conversation than uh, an in the real life uh, conversation. I, I totally uh, hear you. And as you're speaking, I'm having flashbacks as you're talking about kind of the moving of money from one place to the other. I'm, I'm thinking about all those conversations that uh, are going on in, at brands and at, uh, at agencies. Uh, and we'll come back to that in a second. For those of those, those people in the audience who have not, everyone's heard of Roku. I think Roku is a fairly household name. It's, the, it's become synonymous with OTT. Uh, but for those people who are living under a rock, what exactly uh, what is Roku and how do you differentiate yourself from uh, the competition? Yeah, I mean, it's not too long ago that that was a question that we had to answer a lot, right? Um, Roku is the number one streaming platform in the United States to reach over 40 million households. Um, it's something that actually still, you know, the marketing community might not know is actually not only do we create or have massive success in the player business, but we're also the number one licensed TV operating system. 
So Roku's actually built inside more than a dozen smart TVs, TCL, Sharp, Philips, and more. Um, you know, and that has been a booming business for us over the last few years. And I, I think, you know, collectively on the ad business, it's, it's really rewarding to work for a product that people love. Like people say all the time, I love my Roku. Like you don't just like your Roku, you, you feel emotionally attached to it, especially in this time. Um, but when we first started the ad business, I think we had 8 million active households. So there were plenty of people, particularly because the coast, right? Like the, the media business in New York and LA were very heavy on Apple TV users. So we used to have to go in, we would hook up Roku devices, get underneath like the conference room floor and take people through the user experience through the, the login flow. So they understood what the ad um, capabilities were really like. So that's how we're differentiated and leaders on the consumer side. On the ad side, we're very differentiated. One, because of our scale, as we mentioned, and scale and incremental reach matter more than almost anything else. But the second key area that differentiates us is our data connection. So we collect logins across all of our devices, um, and that is really the engine that powers our targeting and our measurement solutions. And then with the addition of smart TVs about five years ago, that's where we started having the ACR data set. And that's really as well lit a fire and helped us really grow the measurement and targeting capabilities across our ad platform. Yeah, totally. Uh, we were talking about before we got uh, on the air, this is streaming's time. This is the, this is the time that uh, I think that we're gonna, that we have seen explosion in, uh, in consumption. And the, the conversations that we're having on an ongoing basis, I just had one earlier this morning, you know, you could make, you could go one of two paths as a, as a marketer or as an agency in times like this. You can either retrench and kind of go back to the tried and true, you know you've done this for a long time and we're just gonna keep doing it and hope that we get the same results. Or we can try kind of uh, evolving and innovating and doing something different. And everything that we are hearing is that the market is moving to the latter that we're gonna use this time to actually move the needle outside of the kind of the comfort zone to, uh, to where consumers are. So I wanna talk about that a little bit. So, you know, consumer data, usage data, you talked about more than 40 million um, users. Give me some other kind of stats in terms of what you're seeing in terms of usership. Yeah, I, you know, I remember to like the, um, it was the first, NBA game that was canceled and I'm not a sports fan so I won't even know what in particular but all of a sudden in mid-March that happened and then we got an influx of emails from our marketers and our agency partners on tell us what you're seeing tell us the trends that you're witnessing what's happening and the really interesting thing too is that we were able to sort of see it state by state as the policies and rules changed and we started to see you know a spike in streaming hours um, we're going to continue to see an acceleration in cord cutting, which is only going to drive up incremental unduplicated reach. But I think, you know, for us, we've always said at Roku that all TV would be streamed and all TV ads would be streamed. And it's a massive opportunity for marketers. Like that's the key point here is that it's not taking away from um, something else they could buy. It's a huge opportunity to really lean in to being able to buying, you know, television with additional benefits. And, Early on, we would hear a lot of buyers say it's nascent, it's small. Um, that's not the case anymore. This is a streaming decade. Half of 18 to 34 year old viewing time is in OTT, according to Nielsen. And at the same time, cable viewership 
is down to levels not seen since 1995. And then when you think that is on the streaming side, on hours spent, but we're also seeing a surge in active accounts. In Q1 alone, we signed up more accounts than homes in Mississippi. So that is, that is incredible, right? And we streamed more hours in Q1 than all of 2017. So this is just going like that. It's accelerating really, really quickly. Um, two additional data points that our marketers and our agency partners were really interested in were one around sports viewers. What was happening to people who were heavy sports linear viewers? Where was their time being spent? And we looked into the data on our side on the ACR data set that we had. And what was interesting was those viewers were not spending more time watching other content and linear, they were shifting that time into streaming. So they actually increased their streaming hours more than the average Roku user who was already increasing streaming hours, showing that, and we already knew this intuitively, but that live sports for heavy sports viewers was the one thing that they were watching on linear. And without that, they weren't watching or finding other stuff. Uh, the second key trend that was really interesting for our partners was, okay, streaming's up, but are you telling me it's all SVOD? Is it just Amazon Prime and Netflix and Showtime content? Well, it wasn't. What we saw was that AVOD was growing faster than SVOD, faster than the VMVPDs. It was the fastest growing category. And people now care more about value than ever before. So they're looking to make their dollars work as hard as possible for them too. And AVOD free ad supported content was the way to do that to supplement their time. So those were two trends that, that were really exciting, I think, for the, the community, the ad community to see. And I remember vividly when we when you launched the Roku channel and kind of trying to capitalize on the, the rise of AVOD, how is the Roku channel doing? Yeah, it's the fastest growing channel on the platform. Um, viewership has surged. We also, when Stay at Home started, we launched Home Together initiative on the Roku channel, which is an area where we're giving consumers uh, a free uh, extended trial of premium subscriptions and limited ad commercial break, additional movies, TV shows, and we're allowing brands to actually sponsor that environment. So we saw a lot of budgets that were displaced from sports, from live sports, move to surround Home Together's initiative, which was great. Awesome. That's great. Let's take us back to 2016, shall we? 2016, you and I uh, were concocting this idea that we're going to do a holding company deal, uh, which took us a little time to actually work out all the kinks. We got it all done in early 2017. We did the first Roku holding company uh, deal, which was awesome. And we were super excited to kind of usher in um, the OTT uh, era. The question that comes to mind is we know consumer um, consumers are moving there uh, in droves, astronomical usage. Are advertisers following in a commensurate way? Are we seeing advertising dollars grow commensurate with consumer usage? And that was um, such an incredible, important moment for us. Um, and I think for the market too, when we signed that to signal that this is you know, a key part of the marketing mix and, and it's only going to grow. Um, it's pretty interesting to, to think about the fact that Roku's audience has grown three times the size since we originally signed up, signed wow. that deal. That's and amazing. I remember at the time we were on a small office on 34th street. There was like, you know, seven or eight of us. And, um, Amanda on your team said, and Augusta said to me, 
you know, if we do this deal with you guys, are you ready for all the business that <laughs> we're going to give you? And we were like, yeah, of course. I have this huge support <laughs> team. I, I walked down Sixth Avenue and was like, yes, like this is huge. Um, so it was really important and a huge signal to the market for us as well. But it's one thing that, you know, it was, uh, it was really forward thinking that we were all focused on AMP segments, which were the CRM segments that Magna had used at the time and one-to-one targeting and really accessing Roku and leveraging OTT for the way that it was meant to precision. But something that wasn't part of the release, and I think a lot of people don't really know publicly, is that we focused, and there was a huge area of importance together with Magna on research and measurement. So every single campaign that we did we were like Santa Claus of studies. You get a study, you get a study. <laughs> I remember that. You said that at the time. Everyone I... got a study and it was purposeful, right? We knew that if we got the data and the insight in the hands of buyers, that they saw how well it performed, that they would come back and they would spend more. And what we do see is that when a campaign has research tied to it, whether it be an ROI study, whether it be Nielsen Catalina, placed incremental reach, that their retention rate is 95% and up. They understand the value, they come back and they spend yeah. more. Um, so all we've been doing for the last five years is giving that data to the advertising community to help them make the best decisions possible. And as of you know, Q1, four out of five of the ad age top 200 brands are working on Roku's platform. We're seeing really a lot of demand and interest in the 2021 upfront and you know, with that being said, there is still a right-sizing and media spend to consumption that needs to happen. Everyone needs to really think about, are they spending appropriately for the amount of streaming, the amount of eyeballs, the amount of incremental reach? And the answer across the board is no. There's a yeah. lot more that needs to come out and shift over and it's linear and we're helping our marketers to make that change. Yeah, totally. We're, we're, we're actually... Um we're going to be leading a series of efforts um, to kind of educate the marketplace on a lot of these topics. We're doing a town hall, uh, I think in about two weeks, uh, and it's tentatively uh, named um, uh, Prove It to Move It, uh, Making the Case for CTV, uh, which is kind of going to try to look at the root challenges. What are the things that you hear most often as to the reasons why not, and try to debunk them uh, or try to think about what are the reasons why. What are the reasons why you hear most often why people aren't moving commensurate with um, consumer shifts? Yeah, I mean, I, I still remember you telling us years ago, and I think a lot of what we're focusing on for 2021 touches on this, but was, you said, Allison, I'm seeing all this research and I'm seeing the growth. But put what some I mean, in- by the way, if I was mean, don't finish that story. You know what I- <laughs> I wasn't mean. It wasn't mean. It was helpful. Always helpful. Okay. I mean, the these we've had partners that have pushed us in ways um, that have really helped us to grow. But you said, put some skin in the game. You know, put put some skin in the game. Like, show us that you're willing to to guarantee it. Show us what you're going to do to make sure yeah. that this happens. And and our number one focus has been to put skin in the game, put our money where our mouth is, and to to leave no excuses left on the table of why those budgets shouldn't be moved over. I mean, when I'm thinking about right now, like, okay, uh, think about the out of home spend in Times Square. Like, you know, that that's not, of course people are canceling their billboards. They're not spending money in Times Square. 
when New York City starts to open up again slowly, are they going to go all in and spend all the same money that they had before? No, they're going to spend money that's appropriate for how many people are there. That's the way that we need to be looking at OTT spend. You should be spending the amount of people and eyeballs that are there. So in particular, some of the things that we're excited about in the new front um, with our upfront partners, with brands, one uh, that we've been talking about for quite some time, but we're guaranteeing incremental reach. So what that means is if you're a major CPG brand and you have a massive linear buy, if when you buy with Roku, if we reach the same household that you've also reached on linear, you simply don't pay for those impressions at all. They're totally free. So you know that by running with Roku, you're only going to get unduplicated reach. How often do you feel like that could happen with a cable buy? Never, right? Like unduplicated. That's net amazing. New That's fantastic. Yep. Yeah. The other area that has been a hot topic for a lot of TV buyers is equivalized 15s and 30s, which we are offering in the Roku channel. And that has been people's eyes are lighting up and registering I'd budgets. I'd be smiling because we might have talked about that at some point. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this was one. This was like, you got to do it. You got to do it. So we're doing it. Um, another, I think, hurdle has been this unknown fear around frequency. So if I move money from linear, the money I need to, into OTT, am I just going to run all over myself? Because one time, four years ago, I watched Hulu and I saw my ad six times. Yeah. So everyone's a case study of one that's sort of been brought into this dynamic, which people's memory. Yeah. Yes. Every, like that is all they hold on to, which is understandable. Once you have that, it's horrible and you can't forget it. Um, so we're really focused on helping to solve for that with, uh, I know we're going to probably talk about this later, but with our one view ad platform, which was the relaunch of our data zoo acquisition, we're offering brands the ability to not only manage holistic reach and frequency, including their linear buys, including all their OTT buys, but then help them optimize in real time for it. So if the Levin household has seen this ad 10 times in the last month, we won't show it again, we'll suppress it. But if we've only seen it five, we'll up it because they need more frequency. So I know this has been a hot topic and um, an area that we're really focused on as well. Yeah, I would say that sounds awesome. And I would say just in general, frequency management in if, whether it's full episode player, whether it's OTT, whether it's CTV in any kind of, it's, it has been a issue that we had maybe four or five years ago. I think holistically, the industry has come a long way uh, to solve it. It's not perfect because there's many ways to potentially buy uh, on that platform, but, um, but that's good to see that you're actually uh, taking a stand there. Yeah, I think what's interesting, what a lot of um, buyers and marketers might not think about uh, is that we also have skin in the game here. Like as Roku, as a device, when a consumer has a bad experience, they don't blame the channel. They blame Roku, right? Like they think Roku was the reason they saw an ad too many times. And so we want to make the best consumer experience possible. That's the reason we're so successful is because we have a great product. So we're, our number one focus is I mean, our business is not sustainable, if not for a great product. So why would we also put that at risk for a brand marketer? So it is an area that's a key area of focus for us yeah. overall. 
Yeah, one of, one of the other areas that I, I saw, you had a recent release on kind of your go-to-market upfront uh, approach was really about um, creative and messaging and being able to be flexible. If there is one universal theme that we have heard for the past two months, it is exactly that. You know, the ability to be agile, to create creative that is resonant with the environment in which it's in, to be able to optimize quickly. Talk a little bit about what you're doing in that space. Yeah, this is also, I think, given a lot of comfort to advertisers, knowing that this is a capability that we have. One of the key benefits of OTT is that as digital pipes, it allows for real-time optimization and changes. So this comes to life in a few different ways. One, with overlays. So we can easily have a different overlay for not just streaming, but also for linear that speaks to that market a consumer's in. So let's say for instance, you know, this is a QSR brand who's been the ones like QSR and restaurant and retail who's been really interested in this. People with a physical location. If I'm in um, Nevada and the state is open, I wanna be able to deliver a message that says the nearest location and the hours and tell consumers I'm open. And I want it like that. I want it within 24 hours. But if I, in New York, I'm still closed, I want delivery options, I want pickup times, and I want to change it like that too. Like the messaging has to be relevant today. And, you know, we were talking about May 12th, May 16th, this was totally different, right? So it has to be able to change in real time. Um, another example of this is just being able to turn on and off markets easily within 24 hours. So if a zip code, if the rules change, we can change it. And then the third component of this as well is we've been helping actually brands take their social content. So if they created a new Instagram post and turn it into a 15 second spot for them. So they wow. don't have to carry the burden of that. Yeah. That's super cool. So yeah. you really try at each step, you're trying to eliminate the, the barriers, right? So eliminate friction, eliminate the barriers. That sounds, uh, that sounds super cool. Uh, are you getting takers on that or is it just rolled out? It just rolled out. We are, um, and in the upfront, it is added value, all of those capabilities for brands. Um, so they don't have to worry about paying extra for it or what, what they have to pay a local rate or a DMA targeted rate. Um, but we are starting to see, particularly actually with the D2C and performance brands who work heavy in social, that they've been really interested in that capability just to turn what they have into a video asset. So just, just to round off the Upfronts, New Fronts conversation, we're super excited to have you as part of our uh, New Fronts slate. I will tell you back at the ranch or everyone's individual ranches, we are working super hard to uh, make sure it's about a month away, make sure that the New Fronts is uh, engaging and exciting and interactive and uplifting and inspiring. So not to, you wanna give away any kind of trade secrets, but is there, what are you thinking about the New Fronts? Anything that you can tease? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're so excited. Um, of course, at first, we were bummed when we found out they wouldn't be in person as our first time with the new friends. And then we thought, it's a streaming decade. So the fact is streaming, I guess, yeah. kismet, like Perfect. maybe that was meant right. to be. Um, so yeah, we're excited. I mean, you know, the focus for us is to communicate to the marketing community and our advertising partners that we're here, to your point, to um, help them right-size media spend to consumption, talk through some of the, the key products in more detail, incremental reach guarantees, performance guarantees, equivalized 15s, and, and help them see how it comes to life and how some brands have accessed the platform 
um, over the past few months too in ways that they might not have thought of before. So we're really excited for it. A lot to come. Everyone should sign up and, and stream it. We have, um, we just looked, we have, uh, I think nearly 3,500 uh, registered uh, folks already, uh, awesome. which is awesome. Uh, and we're expecting that to grow um, tremendously as we start announcing uh, hosts and some additional details. So we're super pumped about that. So uh, stay, stay tuned to everyone who wants to see what happens uh, there. Uh, we're almost out of time. I wanna talk about two or three more quick things. Uh, yeah. We mentioned OneView. So um, DataZoo was a uh, an interesting acquisition. I remember we talked about it when it happened. Um, is there anything else around OneView that is that you think is worthwhile talking about? Any use cases that that'll put to the test uh, are marketers and agencies uh, leveraging it now? Is it self-serve? Is it managed serve? Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, from our perspective, um, in the industry, there's an ad platform we think about for, for search. You know, you've got Google for social, you have Facebook and Instagram for shopping, you have Amazon, and the key hole here was streaming. There was not a go-to platform that had a logged-in user connection for streaming, and that was a need that we knew that we could um, exclusively and really be the ones to fulfill. And consumers spend more time with streaming than they do for the other three touch points. Um, so it was a key area of focus for us and we were so excited for the relaunch, which came out two weeks ago. Uh, the number one thing to think about and to focus on is that again, OneView is really the, the data linchpin and our data connection, our one-to-one -one connection across Roku households, 40 million households, is what drives this engine and what's so important for targeting, for measurement, for accountability. And this is an omni-channel DSP, so it is our logged-in users, but connected to a deterministic device graph. So brands can come now, agencies and clients, self-serve or managed, uh, and buy across all OTT platforms and leverage what they've loved about working with Roku, our data, and our insights. And historically, we've seen, and we've had, you and I have had this conversation, we've had it across the market of, should I have... Um, a platform for a strategy, like working with Roku, or should I have a channel for a strategy where I go to all the publishers and work with them? And the benefits of a platform for a strategy are the data that's deterministic and scales yeah. and is more accurate, the measurement, um, the access to a lot of inventory and scale. The benefits of a channel first or a publisher first are better content reporting, um, negotiations on pricing directly with the publisher, accounts to my TV upfront, right? There's benefits of both. We obviously believe a platform for a strategy is long-term and audience-based buying is the way to go. But with one view, now you don't have to choose. You could have a platform with both of those capabilities, a better identity solution, um, the ability to scale on your channel partner. So we cannot be more excited about the relaunch. We're seeing a lot of our um, agency partners and brand partners really excited about it and start to test it. Um, and we've only just begun. So a lot more to come for, from us on that front. That's awesome. And I will tell you that we must have hit some nerve because we're getting a bunch of questions I'm seeing uh, on, the, on the group chat. We're gonna have to have you come back because we're almost out of time. And I, I wanna ask you one last question. So questions around third-party measurement, I think can people use Nielsen? And the answer is uh, yes, they could. Um, so, um, and other questions about customized creative for the platform, but um, unfortunately, I don't think we have uh, time to get to those. I want to ask you one last one, if that's okay with you. Yeah. And it's a fun one. Um, yeah. And I think 
you and I might have done this before. This is kind of my shtick. So um, I don't know. Maybe uh, you know what I, you know what it's all about. So I'm going to say a word. Uh, word association. Lightning round. First thing that comes to your mind, you just spit it out. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, first one is 5G. Access. Artificial intelligence. Opportunity. ACR. Transformational. Mm-hmm. Upfronts. Outdated. Attribution. Vital. Addressability. Vital. Table stakes. Both of those. Blockchain. Early. Podcasts. Obsessed. Mm. Zoom meetings. Hollywood squares. Mm-hmm. Frequency <laughs> capping. Necessary. Netflix. Necessary. <laughs> Dynamic ad insertion. Also table stakes. And CES. Very oddly nostalgic for it, <laughs> for the first time ever. You think it's gonna happen next year? Oh, who no, knows? I don't know. Who knows? Not in the same way. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Not in the same way. You did really well, Allison. As always, thank you. It was great seeing you. Uh, congratulations on kind of all the stuff that you're doing. Uh, as I said before, this is the moment uh, for streaming, for connected television, for OTT. So. Uh, continue to keep uh, driving and uh, and riding that wave. It was great to see you, uh, and hopefully I'll see you again soon. Thanks, David. It's, I could not be happier to have this conversation with a partner who's been in it with us from the beginning. Amen. So. Same here. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Uh, we are winding up uh, on tomorrow's IAB there. We are excited to welcome Adam Bueller, SVP of Technology and Experiential Lead for Digitas where we'll discuss the art of the hack and how it stimulates agency innovation. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ons, John Ward, and Twafika Mohinadin. I am David Cohen, and thank you for watching. Come back tomorrow, because if it's 2 p.m. Eastern on a weekday, you know it's time to IAB There. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>